Welcome to the Upper Room Community Church Podcast. Wherever you are in your journey, we hope that this message will help you grow in your faith and provide practical ways to strengthen your relationships. To find out more, visit us at upperroom.ca. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Morning, Upper Room. I have a question for you. It's a question maybe you've never thought actually much about at all. The question is this, what is God primarily concerned about? What is God primarily concerned about? Now, whether you're a person of faith or not, whether this has been a part of your background, your story, um, whether you think about God a lot or not, uh, the answers to these questions are, I think, uh, come from a wide variety of places. Um, for some of us who would say, well, you know, God's primarily concerned with the big stuff, you know, uh, world peace, um, you know, world conflict, uh, climate change, those kinds of things, the big things. Like he, he's, he's kind of doing that stuff. Um, other people might say, well, God's concerned with um, what the, the good things or bad things people are doing in the world. You know, and he's primarily concerned with making sure they do good things, zapping the people who are doing the bad things. Um, maybe that's what God is primarily concerned about. Others of us would say, well, no, I think God is primarily concerned about, um, you know, religious observance. Like is, you know, if you want to be cynical, is the God business growing or shrinking? You know, are more people coming to church or not? And so God is primarily concerned with how many people are worshiping him, you know, how many followers he has, whatever. Um, uh, what, what, uh, how much money people give, uh, are they reading their Bible, are they praying, or that kind of thing, like religious observance. I think if, um, I think about my own life growing up, nobody said this to me, but if I think about, if I, how would I would have answered that question growing up? It's like, well, God is concerned with the stuff that I do, like whether I'm a, I'm a good person or a bad person, whether I'm doing good things or, or bad things, um, kind of following the, the right path. Am I, am I reading my Bible? Am I praying regularly? Uh, am I not getting drunk or, or sleeping around or things like that? Like that's really what God is primarily concerned with. And how you answer that question, actually, even if you never thought about it, determines a lot about how you live your life. If you're somebody who would say, well, God's concerned with the big stuff, you know, brokering conflict between nations and he's kind of managing all of that stuff, you're going to feel God's pretty distant from you. Um, you would be no more inclined to reach out to God uh, when you have a decision to make about what school you're going to go to uh, or whether you should date this person than you would the head of the United Nations. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know them. Like, they've they got bigger stuff to deal with than my stuff. I don't feel close to them. And so that's, that's kind of what your relationship with God will be like. You won't really have one. Uh, if you think that God is primarily concerned with um, who's doing right or wrong or good things or bad things in the world, you might assume that God is, you know, Hopefully even-tempered, um, but angry at times, and you're going to just try to make sure you stay on his good side, and the sort of the no news is good news kind of thing. You don't want to hear from him too much, because if you are, you're probably going to get into trouble. 
If you assume that God is primarily concerned about religious observance, and then, then you might make sure, you know, if you, if you believe that that's important, you might do the things you need to do to make sure God is satisfied with whatever religious observance you're doing so that you'll get blessing from him or that you won't get any curses or that that's how it'll work. It'll be a pretty much like trying to make sure I stay on his good side and appease him and, and do the right thing so that life goes well for me. Or perhaps if you're someone who's saying, well, I'm not a religious person, I don't really believe in God, or um, you know, I might believe in him, but I don't have any kind of connection to him, then you definitely assume that he has no interest in you if you have no interest in him. And so each of you is doing your own things. Maybe the odd time when things go badly, you think, well, maybe he's punishing me because I don't think about him or don't care about him or I have questions about whether he exists. But that will be the extent of your interaction with him. Now, why are we talking about this Today. Well, today is what we are calling Reach Day, which is a part of our global week for the next week, these two messages and the week in between. And the Reach Day we have, and we've actually done this as a conference before on a Saturday, but we're saying, no, actually, this is for everyone in our church. And so once a year, we want to do this Reach Day. And this is really uh, gives us a chance to think about what it means for us to have a mission as a church. And this is getting really real for us right now because we are launching a third site. Um, our, our King site will go live um, kind of from the end of March every week. And Easter is sort of the official kind of public launch. Um, we are talking about the fact that we're sending two teams overseas uh, in the next few months, one to uh, a team of senior highs going to uh, Central Asia, team, uh, another team going to Guinea, West Africa, and hopefully a team going to Guinea later on this year. Um, and so this is kind of a, a day where we stop and camp out and say, well, what is our mission? What does it mean to reach beyond ourselves, to consider the people who live near us in our communities and, um, and the, the, the impact that we have on the world around us? Now, here's the thing. If you think about this question, and, and if you think God is primarily concerned with our activity and uh, the good things we do, um, then, then a day like this could really just kind of bring us back to, well, um, you know, we got to do our part. Um, God expects us to tell other people about him so that we can grow the God business, you know, because that's how it works. It's like some kind of pyramid scheme or something like that, you know, um, if that's how we think God is, that's how what we're going to think about mission. And so this is actually really important, not just because of the things we're going to be talking about at Reach Day and Global Week and what does it mean to like have, be on mission with God and to care about the things that God cares about in the world around us. But even in your everyday life, the answer to that question has lots of implications. Now, how you answer that question may have been shaped by the church you grew up in, um, by the pastor or the priest in, in your church or in your parish or by, by your parents and what they taught you about who God is and what he's primarily concerned with. Well, one thing that you'll find is so interesting is that the, the story of scripture all the way through, which is like um, a whole bunch of books, 66 books, 40 different authors, um, some of whom were fishermen, some of whom were uh, doctors, some of whom were kings, some of whom were shepherds, written uh, in three different languages, Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, uh, over the space of a couple thousand years from three different continents. And yet all of that stuff comes together in one book to, and, and it answers this question in a remarkably consistent way. This question of what is God primarily concerned about all the way through scripture over and over and over, this is the answer. Relationship. That God is primarily concerned with relationship. And when we say relationship, here's what I mean. 
that the story of Scripture, and it isn't sort of a religious story, it's just the story of humanity and God and our relationship with Him, is that God created us for relationship with Him, a good, whole, healthy, loving relationship with Him, a healthy, loving relationship with ourselves and with each other. And that that relationship has actually been impacted and fractured, and therefore God's primary concern is with that relationship, with him, with ourselves, and with each other. And here's how we know, and here's one of the verses in Scripture that actually describes what we mean when we talk about relationship, the relationship that we have with God, with ourselves, and each other. The Apostle Paul, in explaining this to a a young church, says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. In other words, the new person, the new you, your relationship with yourself, he says, it can be made new. You are a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. He says, all of this is a gift from God, this new life, this new relationship with yourself, who has brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Now, I'm just going to camp out in this verse for a moment and and actually for the rest of this morning because that word reconciling, it's not a word we use very often, but it means what I've also highlighted here. To be reconciled is to be brought back into relationship with. To be brought, brought back into relationship with. And what the Apostle Paul is saying to one church and actually to every church and every church who's ever read this for the last 2,000 years is that because our story is one of relationship, because we were created for relationship with God and a healthy, right relationship with ourselves and each other, and because that relationship has been fractured and separated and broken, God's primary concern is to bring us back into relationship with him through Jesus, to be brought back into relationship. One of the ways that you can actually think about the first half of the Bible, or we call the the Old Testament. The Old Testament is really a story of how that relationship with God was severed and broken, how that affected our relationship with ourselves and relationship with each other, and the fact that no amount of religion, no amount of political influence and leadership, no amount of effort from human families or human individuals or human progress is enough to actually fix what was broken. And that therefore God in Christ, through Jesus, has brought us back into relationship with him. That's why the whole scripture, the whole story of scripture moves towards Jesus, the one that God uses to bring us back into relationship with him. And so that's what this word reconciling means. And the scriptures say, this is God's primary concern to give us new life, the new person that we have, the new relationship with ourselves through being brought back into relationship with him that then goes on and affects all the relationships we have. Now, the reason this matters so much to us, even if you've never read this verse before and never thought about it this way, is you know, deep down, you and I both know, that the most important thing to us is actually relationships. Now we get distracted with greed, with pursuing possessions or fun stuff or the next thing or you know, romantic love or, 
overworking and stressing about school and our jobs and our future jobs or our current jobs or a new job or a house. And we get distracted by those things. But you know what's so true, and you've heard me say this before, and maybe you've read articles about this or you've seen this even with loved ones. As people come to the end of their lives, as people on their deathbed or as life, you know, once they've lived most of their life and spent more, and more of their years are behind them than are ahead of them, and they begin to reflect on their lives, people at the end of their lives feel rich, feel successful, feel satisfied, and feel at peace if their relationships are healthy and in order and thriving and good and if they are surrounded by love. That's what makes people feel rich and successful is the relationships they have built, invested in, and who is with them in the end. And on the other side, no matter how much people have amassed in terms of wealth or success or fame, if at the end of their lives they find their relationships in disarray, in disorder, or they find themselves alone, or there is brokenness and regret and remorse in their relationships, no other amount of success in life actually makes them feel good about it. And so we know deep down, relationships are the things that are most inherently valuable to us. But also, relationships and broken relationships are the primary problems, going, are the source of the primary problem going on in the world. Right? If we want to think about, well, what, what is you know, the problem of greed? The greed that we see in corporations, the greed that we see in families, maybe when there's a will to be um, sort of determined, the greed that we see um, internationally and, uh, you know, the battle between economies and the greed that we just see um, that, that tends to motivate and drive so much of what we do day in, day out. We know greed fundamentally, it's not a problem of money. It's an issue of broken relationships because greed values things over people. Greed places a higher value on stuff and money and accumulation than it does people. And so fundamentally, it's a relationship problem. Same with abuse of power. Whether you would experience that in a church or in a school or in, at, at a political level or in a global level and whatever you might have experienced that. Abuse of power is an issue because essentially people are using the power they have to advantage themselves and to benefit themselves at the expense of other people. They are using people, not loving people. That's what the problem is with the abuse of power. Even if you want to step back and say, well, global poverty. Global poverty is an issue of relationships. Um, they, they say that actually the, the ticket, the, the price tag on ending global poverty, or at least world hunger, is about $120 billion. And I did the math one day and thought, if everyone in North America who says um, they, they love God and follow God and believe in God just paid attention to the 10% that is an invitation for us to give, 10% of our wealth, that's like I think would work out to like $150 billion. So we could wipe out global poverty overnight. It's not a lack of resources. It is a lack of love. And, and same thing with like um, the diseases that are killing most of the world's population are diseases we have had the cures for for 20, 30, and 40 years. But it's a lack of love. It's a lack of care for the governments of countries who choose not to let humanitarian aid in or choose not to use their resources to actually help their people. It's a lack of love for those of us over here and other parts of the world who can but just don't care. At the root of all that is broken in the world is broken relationships. And so we actually know that um, to, to see 
the world mended, to see ourselves brought back into life, to wholeness, to the people we are meant to be, we actually must be brought back into relationship with God. And this is why God's primary concern or primary preoccupation is relationship, to bring us back into relationship with him. Because, because we are unhinged, and this is what scripture tells us, because our primary, the foundational relationship of our lives is with God, that is, it is broken, and we have become unhinged or disconnected from him. And he is, as, as I said at the beginning, maybe you see him as distant or uninterested or angry. And for all of those reasons, when we see God like that, it actually breaks and unhinges our own relationship with ourselves and our relationship with the world around us. And that's what the story of scripture actually says. Because we have a broken relationship with God, it has resulted in broken relationships with ourselves and with each other. And if you had a chance to um, listen to uh, the, the iTunes interview with uh, Zane Lowe that he did with Justin Bieber that's kind of blown up in the last six days, kind of all over the place. And what's so interesting is you listen to that interview and he, he Justin's asked the question about you know, kind of the all-time low that he hit in 2017 in the mess of his life and, and um, what changed since then after that he got married and, and he's starting to write music again. And the interviewer said, well, what changed for you because you were in a pretty bad place. And it's very interesting, he said, to be honest, I actually realized I needed to come back to my faith and grow deeper in my relationship with Jesus. And if you listen to how he kind of chronicles that, he says, as I began to grow deeper in my faith, as I began to know Jesus more, actually who he really was, he said, I had always kind of believed in him or whatever. It began to heal me and it began to help me have healthy, loving relationships. The core relationship when it is broken, fractured with God, it actually affects all the relationships in our lives. And therefore, God's primary concern, God's primary preoccupation is actually to bring us back into relationship with him, which then begins to, in our lives, actually change us. That's why Paul says that we're a, that we're a, um, we're a new person, a new life. As God begins to do that and brings us back to him, it begins to change our lives and it begins to affect all of the relationships we have. Which is why we see, and actually through Jesus, we see God in relationship. That the picture that we get of Jesus through the four biographies that we have in the Gospels are all about God in relationship. And we see that through, through Jesus, um, what God would be like if he related to us personally. We get to see that in the flesh as God relates to people. And that his primary interest is not money or power or whatever, but how he um, lifted people up out of who they had become in their pursuits and their brokenness to become whole and healthy people, to restore them to the people they were meant to be, to restore them back into right relationship with God and to bring them back into right relationship with each other. If you look at um, the, this lens of, the, look at the gospels through the lens of relationship, that's all you see. God, Jesus actually bringing them back into a right relationship, right view of, of how they are meant to view God and who God is to them, how God views them, that he's not distant, uninvolved, angry, but that God is actually for them and close to them. And that that begins to change who they are, how they see themselves, the inside out, and also how they relate to each other. So much of Jesus' teaching related to relationships because of this very thing. And so that's what God's primary preoccupation is, is to bring us back that's why the word is reconcile or the word re means to do again. In other words, we were meant, we were born, we were created to be in relationship with him and therefore have a right relationship with ourselves and each other. And if God is going to mend the world, he's going to bring us back 
into relationship with him. That is what he is concerned about. And then Paul goes on to say this, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. This message to say, no, God is not angry with you. God is not distant and uninvolved. God is actually not counting your sins against you. He wants to bring you home. Therefore, he says, we have, this is the message we have to give the world. So we are Christ's ambassadors. In other words, we represent God. Listen to this. God is making his appeal to the world through us. We speak for Christ when we plead with the world. Come back to God. This is actually the 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 20 has become my life verse because I feel like in, or like verses, in a few verses, it actually encapsulates everything for me about what it means to be with Christ, that I, I am a new person now, that the old things have gone and that I am being renewed. I'm being changed from the inside out as I have been brought back into relationship with God. And now God has said to me, hey, what you have experienced, what you have, I want you now to go out with, the, with this message to the world, to say, to plead to the world, say, no, God is not counting your sins against you. Come home, come back to God. Because this is what God is primarily concerned about. In our church, um, our, our vision statement has actually tried to put this into four words. This is, these are the four words, deep faith, wide embrace. Deep faith, wide embrace. You might have seen it on a sign. You might have seen it on our website. You might have heard us talk about it before. Even if you're new or you've been here for a long time, you've heard these words. This is what this means. And when we say deep faith, we don't mean like faith uh, as in sort of a vague spiritual optimism. Oh, I have faith you know, that somehow everything will work out. Like if I, if I have faith in this chair, what we actually mean is trust. Like if I have faith in this chair, my faith in this chair is not that I believe that it exists. It's that when I sit on it, it'll hold me. And that, now think about this when it comes to relationships. When we talk about deep faith, we actually talk about trust. We mean, we, we believe that life changes for you when you begin to trust Jesus. Right? Think about any relationship that you have with, with, a, with a best friend, with a parent, with a sibling, with a spouse, um, any kind of relationship that you have. As you grow in trust in that relationship, the relationship grows. And, and any relationship actually needs to grow in trust if the relationship is going to grow. Because as you trust them, you are more yourself when you're with them. You are able to share who you are. You feel like they are safe. You feel like they know you. Love and all of that. Trust is the foundation for any healthy relationship. And likewise, when trust has been broken or when there is no trust, when you don't know who they are or where they're coming from or what their motives might be in the friendship, in the relationship or whatever, you know the relationship actually shrinks. You cannot have a relationship without trust. And so what we believe in our conviction is that everything we do as a church is meant to help all of us grow in our trust relationship with Jesus. That Jesus is the one as we come to know him more, as we come to love him more, as we come to experience the love of God and we experience his grace and we experience his forgiveness and we experience um, his mercy, we experience the purpose that he gives us, we experience the wisdom that he, the rabbi, teaches us with, it begins to change our lives. We become new people as we grow deep in our relationship with Jesus. This is what we do every Sunday. This is why we gather every Sunday. This is why our songs are about Jesus. This is why we talk about Jesus. This is what we want Sundays to be about for you is a place where you can grow deeper in your trust relationship with Jesus. 
Um, it's, it's what our home groups are about. It's how we, we do this together because it's affecting not just the, sort of this private spirituality, but as we grow deeper in our relationships with Jesus, it affects kind of how we relate to each other. And so there's many things in our church that as we encourage you to read scripture, as we encourage you to pray, all of this, none of this is to, is to encourage religious observance so that God can be appeased and somehow he'll bless you. No, it's so that you would grow in your trust relationship with Jesus as you begin to realize that he is the one who has come to save you, to restore you, to make you a whole new person. But then as you know him more, Right? As you begin to realize, as you begin to experience being made new, this naturally your life begins to open up and you begin to have a wider embrace. And this is why we in, uh, what we encourage people is as you have experienced Jesus, as you have come to love him and know him, naturally you begin to want other people to know him too. I mean, and this is just, uh, this is the, you, we do this. Anything that you love, you want to share. You, you, you hit share. You hit share on all kinds of stuff. And this is why my kids are always wanting to show me some funny thing that they, some meme or vine or whatever, or you want to watch a sporting experience with someone, you grab each other and you say, did you see that? Or you want to see a movie together? You want to go see the Grand Canyon together? Why? Because there's something about um, when you have experienced something beautiful, wonderful, life-changing, whatever, it, it gets completed as you share it. And your embrace begins to grow. And this is this whole perspective on what it means that God says, I've given you this message of reconciliation that as you have been brought back into relationship with God, you have this growing desire to actually share it with him. And this is why we do things like, you know, the skating day we did last family day weekend. It's not so you can have a place to skate on family day weekend. Now, I'm glad you did, right? But we, there's all kinds of people who do free skates on family day. Family day skate is about actually a wide embrace to say, hey, maybe there's people in your life that need to get connected to um, to Jesus' people, the people who are following God, to people who have experienced this new life. And, and, you know, we encourage you to come, even if you don't have someone that you'd bring, that maybe someone else has brought someone that you can go and actually be a part of it. It's why we do Alpha. And we, uh, we're doing that in King right now. We'll do that again uh, this fall in Vaughan. Um, we're doing it in, in, in Bolton. That These are places where people can actually come together and we say there's people in your life who need to know the Jesus that you know to begin to experience that. And as you come together, this is what all of that is for. Even Sundays is for that. We encourage you to bring people to church with you. We say, hey, like, you know, this is something that I've experienced that has changed my life. Every Sunday is an opportunity for you to bring someone to connect them to the God that you know, to the Jesus who has changed your life. And so this is what it looks like in our church as deep faith, wide embrace gets worked out in all of the things we are doing is to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus and to give you an opportunity to actually have the heart of Jesus. Because the more you know Jesus, the more you realize, wait, he, he, his, God, his, God's primary preoccupation is to bring people back into relationship with him. And so therefore that becomes my pre primary preoccupation to, to introduce people to Jesus. Now, I want you to watch just a short story of someone in our church uh, that someone did this for them to bring, to, to bring them into our community upper and that somehow they might get to know Jesus more. Hi, my name is Mike, and uh, I'm relatively new to uh, Upper Room, and um, I think I had first heard of it uh, through a friend, Mike. Um, I guess it was a few years ago. Um, I knew that he and his family had uh, been going to Upper Room for years, and uh, as long as I've known them, um, I knew that that religion was a pretty big part of their lives. Um, I, a couple of years ago, I was going through a bit of a rough, a rough patch, and uh, Mike had said to me, you know, maybe, maybe come check out um, 
church with us this Sunday and uh, and I kind of didn't know how to feel about it. I just kind of assumed that um, it would be similar to um, my experience um, in going to the Catholic Church when I was a lot younger. Um, and, and that wasn't the greatest um, experience, I wouldn't say. Uh, I just never felt very uh, connected to uh, a lot of the components. Um, you know, the message, the, um, the priest, and uh, a lot of uh, what that was like. Um, I just didn't ever really feel connected or felt um, extremely comfortable with um, going. And so it just kind of dissolved um, over the years. And so when Mike had mentioned Upper Room, I think a lot of those feelings and thoughts were coming to me. Um, and then after a while, um, you know, of Mike kind of um, throwing it out there, I finally said, sure. And, um, and so I checked it out one Sunday and um, man, it was really, it was really different. Um, I really just enjoyed how um, welcoming and how loving and caring everyone was. And um, really got the sense of community and um, and that was a, like very new for me um, and so that was such a, a good experience and then um, just hearing the messages every week and hearing the um, the kind of lessons to take with me throughout the week um, was something that I really started to enjoy um, and then um, I guess just knowing that upper room was there for me and um, having a place to kind of meet with people every Sunday and hear the message really became a big part of my life and I think it strengthened um, my faith and my relationship with God quite a bit. Um, I really have started to see God's work um, through the people at upper room and the pastors um, and, and that's been huge for me because um, I've always kind of looked for um, God's work more of uh, I guess in a direct way um, and so my biggest revelation has been has been seeing God's work and experiencing it through the people at Upper Room and um, and that's been and that's been life-changing for me and I think it's brought me a lot closer to God um, I've, I've really I've really started to um, really just feel like Upper Room has been um, a part of a part of who I am now and um, I really enjoy going every week and I would I really just encourage you if you have anyone that you're thinking of maybe inviting um, you just I don't think you ever know what what God has in store for them and so I would just encourage you to um, throw it out there um, and at the very least um, you know that they're gonna meet some beautiful people and um, and just uh, really just come and see it for themselves and see, and see what they get out of it. All right, so uh, what does that mean for us? You know, that's one person's story, actually two people, one person who, who said, hey, come, like I wanna connect you to God, and one person who was actually brought in to, to know God more than that. That's what this is about in our lives. And so uh, what does that mean for you? Well, for some of you, I just, it, it just is a challenge and an encouragement to grow deeper in your faith. And by that, I mean to grow deeper in your trust relationship with Jesus. That this is actually something that, that maybe for you, just like, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, 
I, I'm just starting to figure out this isn't about religion. This is about relationship. Maybe what I'm saying to you is the first time you've ever heard this. And so our invitation as you're a part of Upper Room is just to grow deeper in your trust relationship with Jesus. And there's a few ways that you can do that. For some of you, you just need to keep coming back. Because that's what these Sundays are for, as we get to know Jesus more, as we grow into relationship. For, for many of you who would say, oh, I'm not, I'm not a follower of Jesus yet. You just need to know we started this church for you. We, we started this church for people who would say, oh, I feel, I believe in God, but I feel far from him, or I'm not really sure, is, is he actually really for me and not against me? Um, we started this church so that people who didn't know God, didn't know Jesus, could actually uh, be brought into relationship with him. In fact, you can say to all the people who do know Jesus, well, you can come too, but this is for me. <laughs> this is what we started for. And so for some of you, just come back. And for others, joining a home group is actually getting into those um, relationships. As Mike talked about, often we experience God's presence through each other. And so being in a home group, that's why. And because Sundays isn't necessarily a highly relational experience. You may come for a little bit, get your coffee and get out or wherever you got to go. But those relationships get built and strengthened in a home group. And that's where we begin to experience that together. Um, for some of you, just maybe coming to the Easter series, we're starting a series on Easter weekend uh, called History Maker. It's all about Jesus, who is Jesus, and how he has changed our lives. And week after week, for uh, seven weeks, we're going to be looking at that. And so for some of you, that's just that's how you're going to grow deeper in your faith. For others, i got a Bible reading plan to suggest for you. This one's actually by Nikki Gumbel. This is my little screenshot on the Bible app. Um, but you can look up, it's, it's a Bible in a year, and there's a little narrated by, a thing by Nicky Gumbel, if you don't know, he's British, so it's just nice to listen to his voice, even if you don't agree with everything he's saying. But it's actually, there's a little devotional that just explains a little bit about the passages you're going to read. But this will take you day by day in reading through the story of Scripture as you begin, to, and to help you to grow deeper in your faith. And I would just encourage any of you who have never read before, and you're like, I don't know where to begin, just start here. As you begin to say, oh, is this really what the story of Scripture is about, that God's primary concern is relationship? to bring me back in a relationship with him, to make me a new person, and to actually change all the relationships in my life. Yes! And so you can discover that as you read. Um, for others of you, I want to encourage you to hit share. To hit share. Now, let's just pause for a second. You hit share on a lot of things, okay? You hit share on your little TikTok moves like Jagger video that you send out because you want people. You hit share on your latest vacation. You hit share on the new sweater you bought so people can see it. Um, you hit share on your kid doing a back handspring for the first time. And like, all that's good, but can I just be honest with you? Most of that is not going to change your friends' lives, okay? Maybe even some of it will make them feel worse about theirs, right? Like, we, we hit share on all kinds of things. But what does it mean for us if you know Jesus and Jesus has begun to transform your life? What does it mean for you to actually have a wider embrace, to reach wider and to hit share on that? Like, have you ever thought about hitting share like on a series we just went through? There's been many people in your life maybe you know are battling through mental health or battling through addiction or dealing with grief and loss or abuse and trauma. And you're like, oh, it's helping me find God in this more. But have you hit share on this? I know some of you have. But we have it on the site. It's online. You could hit share and say, hey, I know, I don't know what you believe about God or you've never been to church, but I'd love you to listen to this message. Or if you hit share on a Bible verse that you read that was really meaningful for you, you hit share on all kinds of other stuff. Maybe it's time to take a risk to hit share and say, I don't even know if you believe all this stuff, but this was so meaningful to me and I actually thought about you today. So can I send this to you? Others of you, maybe it's just kind of hitting share on um, something you've experienced in your life where, where you're actually seeing God heal you or like, hey, can I just hit, can I have a coffee with you? I'd love to tell you about what's been going on in my marriage or in my life or with my health that, I, that something has happened to me that I want to share with you. 
And so for some of you, that may be about Easter weekend. Um, you may have people in your life for whom church is like kind of not a part of their lives, but like once or twice a year, they actually think, well, maybe there is a God or maybe I should come back to that. Easter weekend's a perfect time to hit share and to invite them. Um, for others of you, we're starting the Divorce Care Series. Uh, it's, a, it's a small group that meets over the space of 13 weeks and it's starting in March. Um, for some of you, if you're not in that stage of life, you, chances are you know people that are. They say their divorce rate is up to 60, over 60%. And so many of us are connected with people who are going through separation or going through divorce or even did a long time ago, but haven't really healed from that. And you know God wants to do something in them that you could invite them to, to go to divorce care. For others, it's day camp. We have friends who their whole journey with Jesus began as their kids actually came to day camp. So you can register for that online. That's out. You can take that link and hit share and say, hey, what are your kids doing this summer? Maybe you could be a part of that. And then the History Maker series that starts uh, Easter weekend, you could hit share on that. Lastly, I also want to mention that, as I said in, in the email this week, if you got it, we have a $35,000 Global Week goal this year that's going to help, um, that's raising money for the Kids in Crisis Center in uh, Guinea, West Africa, where we have a group of people going um, this April there. And that, that ministry there is called Shalom Home. It's actually about, literally, it's a Kids in Crisis Center where kids are finding home, kids who are homeless or parentless because uh, of AIDS or Ebola or um, just unwanted uh, pregnancies, unwanted children, that the Shalom home is a place where they find home in Jesus because of the love that the people there have for them. So we're raising money for that and for uh, our high school kids who are, there's four of them who are going uh, on a trip to Central Asia. And so this is just a few ways that you can begin to hit share and say, okay, as I have experienced the life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus, I want to hit share. I want others to know. I want to reach wider. I don't just want to, some of you for, to grow deeper in Jesus, but others to actually reach um, wider. And why would we do this? Because there's risk involved. There's risk involved if you're going to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. There's risk involved if you're going to put it out there and invite someone or send, a, especially someone who's said, oh, I don't know if I'm interested or ask someone again, you know, or say, can I pray for you? There's risk involved in all of this. But I want you to imagine what our world would be like if God's primary concern became ours too. What would our world be like if God's primary concern to see relationships restored, to see people come back to him, to experience healing, forgiveness, grace, mercy, purpose, peace, joy. If that is God's primary concern, what would our look like? What would our world look like if it became our primary concern too?